0: Eli, today, um, Eli, say hi. What it do? What it do, guys? Um, before we get into what this episode is going to be about, I want to talk a little bit about where I'm at with the actual podcast. Uh, you told me something earlier about creating a website. Um, I thought that would be a good idea, so I'm looking into uh, WordPress. I'm going to try to get everything that I've got so far and piece it all together in a more visual format rather than just a podcast so people can actually see as i'm gathering up all these witnesses so, so.
1: are we going to call it the world will end.com?
0: no no it's just <laughs> gonna be like it's, it's gonna be through wordpress i haven't launched it yet i'm still starting it out and uh i got i'm having a hard time with it because i ain't got the time for it but yeah. not, i am working on it slowly and another thing i wanted to talk about um when we're actually going to be doing these episodes, uh, looking to uh, not even sure if, you know, we want to be posting them on Saturdays. Right, we're, we're going to try our best to, but uh, more likely it's going to be uh, maybe not committed to a it Saturday and it maybe on a Sunday, depending on our schedule and whatnot. Yeah. So I um, want to uh, say expect an episode before Mondays. um. So Eli, you won't, on the last episode, I actually, uh, you know, I came over here and fell asleep on accident. (laughs) Yeah. But I still did an episode, and in that episode, um, I basically used uh, Balaam and John to understand uh, Daniel's testimony about the king in the north, because there's similar language in Balaam's latter-day prophecy about the ships from Kittim going against Asher, Eber, and Amalek. And, you know, you were on that episode with me, and I told you, you know, genetics are a thing. With the sons of Eber, they show up pretty high up on the table of nations. And I said that could possibly run all the way into Africa. And this is a progressed study and I realize that maybe I do make a couple of mistakes. I know very early on in these studies I said that Nimrod was in Genesis chapter 9. He's definitely not in Genesis chapter 9, but he is in Genesis. I have a hard time explaining this because I don't really like the format that the Bible is published in. I don't like the chapter and verses because what it does is that separates the scripture. Like when you sit here and you read all these prophecies, you get the vision, you get the explanation and all of that. And it's usually at least two or three chapters. All right. But when you do a chapter to verse format, it can, you, you can cherry pick and leave the context that was originally intended behind in the scripture. Wow. So you think it should just be books of chapters? Well, not even chapters. I think they should just be books. Like I would rather go to like a bookstore and buy a, a copy of Isaiah. And maybe that one book could have different translations. Like it could be like a parallel. Like I've got a King James NIV parallel Bible. Like I could understand that. Like give me, give me an uh, uh, Hebrew to English uh, Tanakh copyright translation, and then give me a King James Apocrypha translation. And and also an ESV because we don't use Old English when we speak. We don't use "thou" and all of that when we talk. That was a primitive form of language. It's a speech language that we today have different. Like we got slang. We got Southern drawl. We got ebonics. We got New York. Like we got all these different types of languages that are, you know, for their respective of, respective congregation of people. Yeah. So. That's when I read when I read a King James apocrypha and I see all that old English. It can be a little bit hard, but that's where I go to ESV translation. But at the same time, I still don't like the way the Bible's formatted. So, um, what I'm going to be doing tonight is pulling another witness uh, for the King of the North, uh, false prophet guy.
1: Have Have you thought about? Uh, have you thought about? breaking the Bible down into the different books.
0: Yeah, I, I want to do that. What, I, what and that would be very easy to do, but it's just time consuming. Yeah. It's very easy to do. Like a lot of it's like you can go online on a Bible hub and just copy and paste it to like you create your own PDF file. And it'll get rid of the actual numbers that separate the verses and the chapters. Because right. <coughs> that's <coughs> that's one of the biggest um, boundaries to understanding scripture. Like you could sit there and quote John 3.16 all day long, but if you ain't got the whole chapter, and if you read all the chapter uh, three of John, then it also says, like, whoever doesn't obey the Messiah will feel his wrath. Like, it's like, yeah, God loved the world so much that he sent his son to die for his sins, but well, now you're missing Hebrews chapter four, and it says, don't abuse the sacrifice. But you can't sit there and cherry-pick this because when you do, you're leaving behind the original context of what the writers of them books or letters intended. So, and that's going to be a hard thing to... uh, I do want to say that before I bring up Isaiah. Uh, Isaiah, I believe, is uh, is 66 books. Now I was able to... 66 chapters. 66 chapters, yes, yes. Uh, I was able to go through... Isaiah, and after I go over this a little bit, I didn't do the whole book of Isaiah, I went all the way up to chapter 14. Um, but after I do this, I'm going to do a quick little recap all the way from the very beginning of Constantine the Great to basically catch us up with where this whole thing is leading us. Because I said since the very beginning, this was going to be an open Bible study, let's see where it goes. And it's actually been a very interesting read. Cool. Like it's it's something that is a complete opposite of what I was taught, right? You know, growing up. So in Isaiah, uh, I just did one through fourteen, and I recommend reading all of it from an ESV version. Um, and when you read Isaiah one through fourteen, it helps understand Balaam a little bit more. Um, uh, let's start it uh, from Isaiah chapter 1 uh, verse 18 that's where sin equals red and white equals like cleanse of your sins and that is used and you know you got the woman uh, where uh, scarlet you know sin is red like scarlet that's what it says in Isaiah one eighteen. and the woman in Revelation is dressed in scarlet and then he got a bright red rider that's the second seal then he got a white rider with the bow that is Judah like (laughs) Isaiah is helping you understand that, and then there's a lot of a focus on Assyria and Balaam and Daniel. Last episode, it's titled "Asher the False Prophet," and basically, when I'm sitting here plugging all these pieces together of this puzzle. I make an assumption, okay, Asher is a false prophet. Now I'm getting to Isaiah as a witness, continuously thinking that Asher is that second horn coming in like a lamb, speaking like a dragon, who's also a king of Greece. Because Greece, Daniel says, divides into four kingdoms. You got one little horn going against Medes and Persians, and then it breaks off into four. Asher will be one of the four that Daniel says is the king in the north, where Balaam and Daniel say that Chishore Kittim should come against them. Then in Isaiah chapter 10, 1 through 27, it gives you a lot of information about Assyria and Egypt and Jacob's remnant. And then even in, even in chapter 11, like it keeps, it keeps going through these chapters. Uh, 10 through 16, it talks about uh, they will be on the uh, Philistine's shoulders in the west. Ephraim and Judah and the Philistines will plunder the east. Edom, Moab, and the Ammonites will obey Jacob's remnant's and that's basically the lost sons of Israel. Um, Edom has been linked to Esau and Moab. We're seeing, now we're seeing a little bit of pity against Moab, whereas Balaam said, you know, he would strike the forehead of Moab. So there's a lot of progression in this. Um, and there's a lot of obedience towards the lost sons of Israel, too, that who are identified in the scripture as Jacob's remnants according to the ESV. And it says, God will destroy the tongue of the Sea of Egypt. That, that, I'm assuming right now, will be the Red Sea. Yeah. You know, I've only been doing this in a week. That's all the time I got. Uh, And there's. Now, the Red Sea or the Dead Sea? Red Sea. Red Sea. Yes. Uh, There's going to be seven channels out of the Euphrates River. And because we are seeing Asher as the false prophet, there's a highway from Assyria to Jerusalem for the remnant. Now, I said that the the sons of Eber was not just the Hebrews, but it is also the Hebrews, so that would include the Jews that are in Israel today. And because Isaiah's got this latter-day prophecy of a highway from Assyria back to Jerusalem for the remnant, you're looking at a possible exile to Assyria, just like we had with the exile to Egypt. Right. So it's, it's this whole new coming out of babylon and coming out of assyria because if you study and that's something i want to do an episode on because marduk was also worshipped by the assyrians like this religion in mesopotamia worshiped the same dude and there's even a babylonian prophecy that you know the statue will return to babylon so if that was to happen that would i i don't know i mean there's all these Different prophecies and they kind of complement each other. And if it was to happen, you know that false prophet of Assyria would be the one to actually help that happen. You understand? Because that's part of the prophecy. So if we got the second horn making everybody worship an image of the beast, and there's this Babylonian prophecy about you know the image of the beast, which is the statue. I think it was it was actually a statue. Was it a statue of Marduk? I want to double check that. Um, but though all of these Babylonian prophecies were known by all these, uh, Israelites at the time, including Isaiah, because it's putting yourself in their shoes to understand their culture at the time and what they had to deal with, you know what I'm saying? and they had to deal with nebuchadnezzar they had to deal with that king of babylon at the time and you know that goes more hand in hand with jeremiah and daniel with nebuchadnezzar um then isaiah chapter 11 verse 11 i feel like that complements balaam's uh number 24 numbers 24 prophecy it says they will recover the remnant from assyria Egypt, Pathros, Cush, Elam, Shinar, Hamath, and the coastlands of the sea. And that's practically, the, like, the, the land of Shinar was ruled by Amraphel, and that's at the very beginning of the Bible. And so you're looking at a, recovering the remnant from basically what would be Mesopotamia. is like all these places together. Assyria is actually part of Shinar. If you look, or I think it is, I think Assyria is in the country of Turkey. And this is Bible Hub. They have a thing. It's for a Bible atlas. And I think Assyria is in Turkey. Yeah, see, there's Mesopotamia on this map. It's got Mesopotamia just south of Turkey. And I can't click or drag. Yeah. Yeah, okay, Nineveh is in Assyria. And if you were to go all the way back to Genesis and read about Nimrod and you see all the kingdoms that he set up, he established Nineveh, and that's where Jonah went to and said, Repent, or you know, right, your town will be right. destroyed in forty days and got ate by a whale. And they Nineveh, they worship Dagon, who was a fish god. And if you study a little bit about Dagon let's see, Dagon, there's a hat uh, like i a pagan hat that Dagon wears. This hat right here. It's got a, It's got like a little thing on top of it, and it's very similar to what the Pope wears—the fish head hat. Huh. Yeah. It's. it's that very, does
1: that does look like the Pope hat.
0: Yeah, and then this right here. Like we got, that's called like the tree of something like their. <laughs> that's I mean, crazy. Yeah, like Assyrian god Nisroch, N I S R O C H, like they they all these gods, the all these sun gods and all these water gods. They they're inspired by people. They were inspired by people and. Uh, that go the most popular person that goes back to Would be the upright one Jasher or Nimrod or Amraff when when you study like the dates a lot of people link uh Amrafo to Hammurabi and honestly, I can't explain it. I can't explain it. I don't understand it, but you know, It could be a little bit of every king of Babylon. I mean if you read any Latter-day Prophecy in the Old Testament, God hates Babylon. Like it says, uh, Isaiah 13 through uh, chapter 13 through 14 verse
1: 23. Uh, that
0: goes all the way to the song making fun of the king of Babylon, which is, you know, the season of Lebanon rejoice. Uh, that was in the second episode, uh, the first season that I did on the podcast it goes into a little bit, the, the Medes going against uh, mankind I think uh, Isaiah chapter 13 verse 17 is what that is and that complements, you know, what Daniel says about the Medes and the Persians coming up and devouring flesh and Daniel says all of them beast. that happens in the end days and when you look up Christian commentary, they they link all these beasts to, I mean, they get the beast right, but then they get to like the United Nations and Russia and America and China, and they just get crazy with it. But it says this: these ten kingdoms rise up after that fourth kingdom, which is Constantine's Catholicism. It divides into ten, and then that's when the Medes, Persians, and Greece come in and needs they would be the first warrants to devour mankind and then here comes Greece making everybody happy then it divides into four with that King of North King of Asher guy coming in to which the ship's from Kittim Kittim is actually I believe in Greece so Greece is going to attack Asher but, it's, but Asher's still a king of Greece so it's it's interesting to me how this is lining up right? Um, because I mean we got Zechariah as a prophecy, he's carried us, or he's carried me really far in this study, and he says it's Greece, and the beasts are already given names, and we're told that it's Greece. And, you know, the leopard has four heads. We're told it divides into four kingdoms. A head for each kingdom, because the other one fell. Um, but it, but it plucks up three, because you got 10 horns. That other one plucks up three, but he's a king of Asher. And then, in chapter fourteen of Isaiah, is all about, you no know, God rescuing rescuing the remnant of Jacob. Look, at Isaiah just there's there's so much to pack in Isaiah. and I'm just like breezing through it for right now, because it is sixty six chapters, and what I'm hoping to do is that I can get enough information to where it all fits when I explain it. Right. And it's and it's slowly helping me do that. And then Isaiah 14, uh, verse, uh, wait, 14 through 27, you got an oracle concerning Assyria. And so I tried, that was just, Making little bullet point bullet points All right. for Isaiah one through fourteen, and then I started uh, diving a little bit deeper in it. And I started looking at chapter one of Isaiah, and it's you no know, first off it tells us that red means sin and white means cleanse, and God basically he talks about how he is exhausted and questions Israel's claim of obedience to him. And then chapter two is. Destruction and turning away from idols in the latter days, and flee the fleeing of idolaters into the rocks. And then, chapter three says God will take away a bunch of things from Jerusalem, and all those things are stay in a staff, stay of bread, and a staff of water. A mighty man and a man of war, the judge, prophet, diviner, elder, captain of fifty, man of rank, counselor, cunning, charmer, skillful, enchanter. Basically, God's going to be taking away every, like, current form of authority, I guess. And then he says, God will give children to be their princes. Babes will rule over them. And then verse 12. And that right there, what God will give, that complements the Shiloh prophecy. So Isaiah's also supporting the the Shiloh prophecy of uh, Genesis 49, the... uh, the, the Ephraim branch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm linking to the second seal. It says, "God will give you children to bear their uh, be their princes." And you know, at every single Joseph or Ephraim blessing or latter day event told by Jacob in 49, he, he, he would be a prince. Shadow would be a prince because the Messiah is the King. Right. So Shadow will be the prince. and we're seeing a latter day prophecy that Shadow will be their prince. And then verse 12 of chapter three of Isaiah says, as for my people, a babe will be their master. And that's what it says. And that's also what Shiloh is in 49 and Balaam, the star born out of Israel, a rod. And you know, same language of stars being born in Balaam. And you also got um, Revelation chapter 12, the woman with the crown of 12 stars, Oh, above her head, she's clothed with the sun and the moon on her feet. And I said in other episodes that that was two things. Uh, t- uh, as a star date, uh, Virgo had the sun on her shoulders and the moon on her feet, September 23rd, 2017. Yeah. And it was also been speculated to link to September 11th, 3 BC as the birth of the Messiah. Um, but the crown of stars above her head, I've also said that that was the tribes of Israel. And You're giving an example of that from Joseph and you know that Lincoln chapter 12 a revelation to basically the birth of Shiloh that Jacob mentions in Genesis but Joseph he has He has dreams and one of those dreams is Genesis chapter uh, 37 verse 9 and he says, "Behold, I have dreamed another dream. The sun, the moon, and eleven stars were bowing down to me. So in that dream, he would have been that twelfth star that was basically had the sun and the moon and the eleven stars bowing down to him. But it's not—it's not a worshiping language. It's just showing.
1: All right. And this was Jacob.
0: No, this is Joseph. Joseph, robe, ro-
1: robe of many colors.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah. And um, you know, I was telling you, there's a lot of similarities between Shiloh from Ephraim, and Ephraim father Joseph. He got a coat of many colors and one linking Shiloh to uh, revealing whatever the seven thunders said, which would be the seven voices of God with the rainbow on angel's forehead, the seven commandments of Noah, and with that being the second seal, like there's even progression in Shiloh, like there's in some form or fashion, Hayes, given authority over the nations and then when that second living creature calls out that is when he will be given the sword just because and I say that because the first seal the action being performed is a crown being given to this white rider who had a bow and that was the first living creature who was a lion and that would be during the start of Leo Constantine the great being given a crown when his father died so there's this whole new like okay the word gospel means good news right Right. so you got the New Testament which is the gospel of the Messiah and then it seems like when I when I read from these blessings from Jacob about Shiloh and I set apart one from Ephraim and Joseph and the sealed up tribes being Joseph and his son Manasseh, and not Ephraim and Balaam, and Revelation twelve talking about this star being born. There seems to be this gospel of Shiloh, and and, and in this gospel, it's it's basically he, he gets to a point where Shiloh is given a he's given authority over the nations, and that second living creature which will be a bull, it would be Taurus that's whenever Taurus would be he would be given the uh, Word of God given by the Holy Spirit so now I'm gathering up all these witnesses for the third seal and there's a lot that happens Uh, Daniel he goes into it there's this division in Constantine's kingdom which will be Catholicism and it breaks into the Medes and the Persians in Greece Zechariah, he has his testimony for that, and that's uh, chapter 9 of Zechariah. And I want to be pulled in Zechariah, I want to do Zechariah soon. There's w- with this study what I'm learning is that it branches out to a point where I could talk literally about anything, like I could go and I could talk about apostasy, I could talk about sin, I could talk about the uh the type of government that you know the kingdom of heaven actually boasts of having and mm. I was telling you earlier that Shiloh seems to be Christianity's antichrist in a, in a way is what it seems to be because there is this crucifixion of Shiloh mm. if we've got if Jacob is now, saying uh,
1: so Christianity's, sec, uh, Christianity's antichrist or religions? Antichrist?
0: no no, because, you know, because you, you were raised Christian, I was raised Christian, I went through Advent, I went through Baptist. Right, right. And, you know, what I've learned, the only thing that I've learned, like I've heard of Russia and the United Nations, I've heard all of that, I've never really believed none of that, it's never really made sense to me, it's not a God-breathed explanation, it sounds more like superstition than anything, but... What I am aware of is that the Christian Antichrist is going to change times and laws. That is a Christian, and it is a God-breathed explanation. That is something that the Antichrist does. But that is also false witnessing because you need two or three witnesses. If you've just got Daniel, that's not enough. Daniel and Balaam say the same thing about the ships from Kittim going against that individual who changes the times and the laws and then Balaam says this Asher okay Constantine the Great he changed times and laws but nobody's ever raised an eyebrow to it
1: so I'm still trying to figure out is if Shiloh is good or bad or if he's like a gray Jedi he's
0: okay (laughs) from what what this all is if we've got a story based off of um a god that focuses on accountability
1: because like from what we were taught the antichrist brings about the end of the earth that and, is not necessarily and, and, the end of the earth and, See, when you read resu- right, there's all these when we're saying antichrist that means like against Christ antichrist
0: so. is given a description you will only find the word antichrist in 1st John the, de- the description of an antichrist is anybody who denies the flesh therefore behavior can also deny flesh the messiah resurrected correct Right. so because you are not denying the flesh because you are saying that he resurrected you are not the antichrist but if you were to say he died for my sins and you didn't say he resurrected then that could possibly make you an antichrist as long as you acknowledge that he resurrected but if your behavior does not acknowledge that he resurrected such as paganism because you're living as a widow because he's dead it's it's marriage is what it is yeah yeah, yeah, I get that antichrist it allows either widow like behavior
1: or it's just But from no truth. From from what I've come to understand the Antichrist is, is a single person. Is it what? It was referred to as a single person.
0: <clears throat> antichrist spirit and antichrist with a capital A. Antichrist, plural and singular, I believe show up in the Bible five or six times. A couple of them times is capital A. Now there is also a lawless one. There's a difference. Those are two different people. There is an Antichrist who makes everybody worship the lawless one. The lawless one will not be revealed until after the great apostasy. That's what Paul says in either. I can't remember what letter, but that is when he is revealed. Okay, that happens after Shiloh because Shiloh is killed, and then the lawless one kills the two or three witnesses after they prophesy for one thousand two hundred sixty days. In the great city that is spiritually Sodom and Egypt, where Shiloh was crucified, because Jacob says, and Jacob, he's like aside from Abraham, Jacob is also who this all goes back to. And Jacob says the obedience will be given to Shiloh, the obedience of the people will be given to Shiloh. That's what Jacob says. So it would have to be Shiloh that's crucified, if it is a progressive story, and that's what that's what it is. And when I sit here and even looking at Balaam and Isaiah from what I'm reading, and like I said earlier, I do encourage reading chapters one through, read all of Isaiah, but right now I only really had time to go over like 14 chapters, but there's a lot of latter-day things going against idolatry and against, and Assyria is a subject, and Assyria was already a subject beforehand because of Daniel in my last episode.
1: All right. And
0: uh, Balaam, so uh, it's with Asher being the Antichrist. Uh, you know, he's a dark rider who had a pair of scales. He's told a riddle. It's something dealing with Greek economy, because a denarius that was a day's wages, and it talks about the barley and all that stuff. And it says, "Do not harm the oil and the wine." Those will be your anointed ones who have the oil from the seven churches and the two branches from the Messiah and Shiloh. Shiloh for, um, I'm linking to obedience to the commandments of Noah and the Messiah for uh, obedience in the testimony of the sacrifice and resurrection. And the prerequisites to each letter to the seven churches revelation, okay? So that's where those people who got that oil would not be harmed by this Antichrist, but in some form or fashion. He's told this riddle, and even Daniel says he understands riddles, and it is a riddle told from the throne in Revelation. He's not gonna harm those people, but because Isaiah comes in, and he's got this exile language about this highway from Assyria into Jerusalem. To, for the remnant of Jacob, and that's uh, uh, chapter 11 of Isaiah, so there's this, and that's where Daniel says, he's going to humble y'all, you're going to refine y'all like silver, that's, I went over Daniel uh, chapter 10 through 12 in, my la- or in an earlier episode, so. I'm going back and forth between Daniel and I'm slowly understanding Daniel a little bit more because I'm gathering these witnesses and I'm doing it the same method that I did for Shiloh. And I was able to do that with Constantine Great because of history, because I've lived it, we've lived it. So where I'm at with it so far is it's going to be a huge... A huge war in the middle east and even jewish commentary and christian commentary support that they support a middle east war and christian commentary goes a little bit more into gog and magog and even revelation says that doesn't happen for like after the thousand year reign of the kingdom of heaven on earth so there's there's something going on with the whole resurrection, like there's non-believers being resurrected because there is a war against Gog and Magog that would have to come from somewhere. So there's there, there's something going on with a second life, too. I'm trying to understand why Gog and Magog are brought up and looking for commentaries on that. I haven't had the time,
1: and I'm trying uh, to Ga- take it. Gog so. and Magog. Yes. W- what are those?
0: They're just two nations, man. Just like Medes and Persians, and even Medes and Persians. I believe that um, the Medes might actually be part of that kingdom of Greece in some form.
1: Do we have any idea where Gog and Agog are from? Where
0: is that not um, revealed? Well, yet? a lot of these, um, a lot of these nations. Uh, when you look at the language used, some people are confident. in what they understand, or who they believe God and Magog to be, and I'm not sure if I do. Um, if you pay attention to how some of the languages in the Old Testament, it's very similar to, um, you know, folktale, folktale language um like for example cain when he killed abel it said he went off into the land of nod that is just saying he became a wanderer on the whole earth there is no actual nod you understand it's like drifting off the la-la land is is it that's the language that it's using he he became a wanderer on earth he went off into the land of nod which is basically like saying in the middle of bum-fucked Egypt. Okay. you understand so it's not really a specific place but it's this certain type of language that right it's old, testament it's old uses. school slang exactly and that's what that's what this is and it's this the this whole old testament aside from it having the prophecies is a history book using slang like there's many types of elohim like yeah if you look at the midrash uh Hero Israel, Adonai is our God, Adonai is one. But it's also to be understood that the Messiah was God in flesh. So what's that all about? There's got to be some sort of compromise. And you compare that to Hercules and Zeus. It would be the scripture's way of saying, that's just God's son. That's it. You can attach any kind of, oh, he's a demigod, blah, blah, blah. No, you ain't got to do that. It's just God's son. That's it. Does he have, like, God-like powers or whatever? Yes, but Moses was granted the same gift. God told Moses, you will be just as me when you go into Egypt and gather my people. That's what he told Moses. And Moses was the greatest prophet ever. I told you when we sit here and talk about this cleansing of the earth, we can look at it as, well, science. They predict the earth is going to burn and they attach... um, carbon emissions and pollution and all this stuff. Well, if we look at the Bible as a history book, we we can I'll see that the Israelites predict the same thing. We predict that the earth is gonna to burn too, but we've got a second life attached to it as long as we wait for the real thing. Right. That's basically what it's teaching, but it keeps it as this immersive story to keep the reader involved to where it's supposed to be a choice. You're supposed to choose your God because if it is going to be seen as a relationship and you're seeing, like, okay, what's the definition of insanity?
1: Doing the same thing over and over again. And, and expecting, expecting a different outcome, off. right? Yeah.
0: If you go to a college and you learn about all of these these biblical events, you're going to see a God that's pissed off at people that worship him. And even Isaiah, he said, I'm tired of your feast. I'm tired of your that are a burden to me. So why would we be any different now if Paul says even the original branches were cast into the fire why would we sit there and say oh God will be okay with me doing this despite the fact that he was pissed off when the original branches did it right there's no backing to it that it it comes to be insanity because you may not be repeating it but you've seen somebody else do it why would you get any different outcome when you're no better than the original branches
1: makes sense yeah,
0: and it's it's hard to get it's hard to get all these witnesses together because I'm not wearing their shoes. I'm still having to learn like their language. I like, I can understand it a little bit, but I'm having a hard time trying to break it down to where I can also catch up. Right. Cuz I'm having to catch up trying to uh piece it together. I guess, but I'm seeing, uh, you know, Asher being a false prophet, king in the north, shits from kiddling going against them, paying attention to those who forsake the covenant, and I'm also seeing an exile of Israel to Assyria to uh, humble them, to humble the Jews. So there's going to be there's going to be a lot of disaster, obviously. And that's something that's been preached from both sides, Christian Christianity and Judaism. Oh, yeah. So when, when I do these episodes, I'm not trying to spark hate. I, I <gasps> do get pissed off when I try to explain it to somebody. And I don't want to get to the point where I feel like I'm becoming snobby with it.
1: You don't want to be a bigot.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't, but at the same time, lambs don't have fucking horns.
1: <laughs>
0: like you would have to take me all the way back to that. You would have to show me a lamb with a fucking horn. When you've got Zechariah, you've got Daniel, and you got Revelations. Uh, Zechariah, da- that's Daniel chapter seven, Revelation seventeen, and then Zechariah. How many chapters is Zechariah? Zechariah, I'm sure ain't that big. Not a big of a book, but at the same time, I do recommend reading it. It's only 14 chapters. I'm, and you do it in an ESV, and with everything that we know that I've gathered so far and shared over the podcast, I want to go back and go to Zechariah, but I want to finish with Isaiah and just talk about it briefly over an episode. And then hopefully I can gather enough information for that seal I can move on to the next but from what I'm seeing you got the first seal being the first false prophet you got the second seal being the correction you got the third seal being the second false prophet then you got God's judgments the weeping under the altar earthquake and the handing of the trumpets and then he got the seven trumpets, and basically everything after the third seal is repercussions for those who forsake the commandments, who forsake the covenant that Daniel said, the king of Asher and the king of Greece, who's the same person, apparently, will go and pay attention to. That's when he comes in and he speaks like a dragon. Him speaking like a dragon will be how he pays attention to those who forsake the covenant. Because he has that pair of skills to where he can test their hearts. What I'm hoping to do is gather some more witnesses and maybe Isaiah can help. I want to find out who the king of the south is because there is a little bit of uh a... T.I.P. No. <laughs>
1: hey,
0: he in jail. No, he's out of jail. No,
1: nah, T.I. ain't, in jail. No, ain't T-I, in jail. T.I. ain't been in jail for a while. Yeah, he ain't. Now nah, he's been behaving. He's just been making millions. I'm trying to catch up oh,
0: with him. Oh, never mind. Um, what I'm hoping what I can do is find out who the king of the south is. I'm noticing uh, Egypt is brought in a lot. Uh, so, well, good news, so a going out. to do about. some more studying about uh, the Balaam prophecy it's because really there are bad. a lot of nations that are linked. So, Want to see which ones are more consistent? I want to uh, be using a Bible atlas and find out where some of these places actually are. Like I know where most of them are. Like I said, uh, Africa is involved because you know you got you got Cush being brought up and like all these places and like Isaiah chapter eleven verses eleven. They mention a lot of places, so I'm thinking that these. Nation is being listed by filling the blanks for Balaam, so um, that's going to be it for this episode. I did want to share that. Did you have any any thoughts of that? Any questions?
1: Ah, uh, thoughts. Um, no.
0: No, because I know. I know probably some of the stuff that I'm showing you. In the Bible, you know, you're you never heard before,
1: right? Well, I—I've right. heard a lot of it. It's—it's it's being looked at in uh, in a different context, but most of it I've heard before. But, well, I mean, but so so far, so far as Shiloh, Balaam, all that good stuff—that's new to me. But the the prophecies, the parables, all of that stuff I've heard before. Yeah, and you know that's. I feel like
0: that's what makes it easy for when I do talk to you because you have, you know, you're knowledgeable of the New Testament. That that's what I do is I take that with me to study these latter days. Right. So, um, that's what I'm going to continue to do. So, um, as I said very very beginning of this episode, I'm going to try to have every episode published before Monday, and currently working on a WordPress site. I will be sharing that um information. As soon as I launch it, don't know when I wanna launch it. It may be something to be where I just post about Constantine Great first and then a little bit about Shiloh and then. Are we gonna about- make T shirts? I- I'm not doing T shirts. I'm not <laughs> really. like I got anchor monetized and the only reason I got anchor monetized is because you know, I feel as long as they owe me money and I never take it from them, 'em, they'll no- never go out of business. Like, I feel that's I mean it ain't that much, but I feel that that's how capitalism should work despite the fact that it doesn't support government bailouts, which we do. So, you know, we're not really a capitalist
1: government. We're more of a corporate thing. Oh yeah, it's been like that. They just don't wanna admit it. Yeah, they don't wanna admit it. Shh. secrets secrets it ain't a secret. It's
0: fucking baffling that they still pretend like it's capitalism. But that's a conversation for another day. Um, That's going to be it for this episode. We'll be posting another one sometime next weekend. Later.